0: Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy and what a delight to be with you on this Friday Sept- September 25th of 2020. We are getting ready to head into the weekend and really in just a few more days we're going to enter October and after October we know what's <laughs> what's coming which is November. And uh so we're heading into very for lack, I don't know if I could use a better word, exciting times and, and, and times for us to keep our eyes open. This is not the time to be asleep. This is not the time to be uh, guessing. This is the time to know where we're at. Amen. We are so blessed today to have to have you come and join us. We're so grateful to all our listeners, wherever you're tuning in from. We always consider it a time a fellowship when we can come together and we're so grateful that you can take out of your time to be able to um to be able to look and glean from the word of God. We have been in a tremendous journey this week. All the things that the Lord uh, has been showing us. I mean, it's been um uh, at least for me personally and I know for my brothers it's uh God has been speaking to us personally, but we also know that he's speaking to you in this hour. So as we get ready for the weekend, I'm excited about the word. Every Friday, the Lord brings us an encouraging word, one way or another, in preparation. So uh, today in our, in our podcast, today in our panel, we have uh, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. And as always, it is a privilege to be able to study the word of God together. So without further ado, we'll give it to Brother Marty to share uh, what God has placed in his heart as we study the word of God together.
1: Well, praise the Lord. Yesterday we were looking at uh, foxes in the desert. We encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast. We've come to the end of a week as we're getting ready to close out the month of September. And as we continue to study, um, today's word uh, is is not for the faint of heart. It's uh, something the Lord has been speaking to my brothers and I, and, and, and it's been growing uh, in, in its in its apparent inevitability, and we're going to continue studying today, but we have a particular word for today uh something the Lord has given us that we we uh we pray uh would bring a great sobriety to all of us, and uh again, we don't speak these things uh without deep uh reflection, really, and what the Lord is trying to say and what he's first and foremost saying to us as individuals and then collectively what we believe he wants us to share with others so we ask you to be in a in a mind of a, of a prayerful and reflective attitude as we discuss what we discussed today as always uh, i'm encouraging my brethren to uh to, to to please contribute as we as we uh as they feel that and as we get into this uh this morning we're going to continue examining uh the prophet Ezekiel and what he had to say and uh, and therefore we're going to uh to go in that direction once again. So <clears throat> with that in mind, I'm going to ask brother Jeremy to uh to read to us in the book of the prophet Ezekiel uh beginning with chapter 6 and uh I want you to read if you could brother Jeremy uh from verse 8 Chapter six through ten and those of you who have your Bibles out there, we encourage you to get them and follow along as we get into the word today in the name of Jesus. Brother Jeremy,
0: would you would you begin our study? Yes, amen. Yet will I leave a remnant a remnant that ye may have some that shall escape the sword among the nations when ye shall be scattered through the countries. And they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations, whether they shall be carried captives, because I am broken with their whorish heart, which hath departed from me, and with their eyes which go a-whoring after their idols. And they shall loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord, And that I have not said in vain that I would do this evil unto them.
1: I think what really struck me this morning, and and as we prepared uh, for what we're about to say, and and we were led here, we believe by the Spirit of the Lord, is taken from uh, that ninth verse. uh, As as the prophet Ezekiel recorded what the Lord was telling him, he said, "Because." I am broken with their whorish heart. And those words, I am broken, really stood out to me because it, it expresses the heart of the Lord and, and that when he allowed the ultimate judgment to come, it was not out of some sort of, um, you know, any any kind of joy that he t- takes in it. He said that his heart was broken and that really that really broke my heart to think of the Lord's heart broken over a nation uh that that, in spite of His great blessings, in spite of all that he He bestowed upon them, rescuing them from captivity in Egypt, uh, taking care of them for forty years in the wilderness, bringing their children into the promised land, uh, fighting their battles for them, blessing uh, their land from north, south, east, and west, prospering them, And, and granting them a great king, like in King David we've been looking at, establishing them in a capital city, and making them really, for a season, the shining example of a nation that was originally intended to be a nation that would, Educate, enlighten, and, uh, and and bless the nations of the world around it uh, with with the truth of of the word of God. And as time went on, like he predicted through his prophet Moses, be, even before they went into the promised land, they they backed away from God. From generation to generation, they began a slow, steady decline that ultimately led to Uh, the dividing of the nation uh, the leading away captive of the ten tribes of israel by the assyrian empire and then the rise of an antichrist foreshadow in nebuchadnezzar and the babylonian empire that would ultimately lead to their destruction and i was fascinated by the fact that we have the prophet ezekiel existing with the captivity in babylon in these final days of judah and my heart goes over to uh, to Jerusalem in my imaginations and meditations. When I think of the prophet Jeremiah, by and large, the, the, the sole remaining prophet that God had allowed to remain in the land, uh, who would also be the prophet who would write the book of Lamentations as he sat upon the rubble of the walls and the temple mount itself and wept over his people who did not turn, did not listen. And even though the signs were all about them and many bad things were even happening and encroaching upon them, as like Brother Fernando said yesterday, harbingers of what was coming, they never did turn and they refused to turn. And, and basically their behavior and their idolatry had reached such a level uh, that it broke the very heart of God, man. And I thought about my own life. I thought about each individual's life and And the necessity to really really uh consider what the lord the lord's the Lord said, you know I think about jesus right when when he came to Jerusalem uh not too many years after their rejection of the Lord, the entire city would be destroyed once again, and the Jewish people scattered to the four corners of the world, which is what Ezekiel uh included in this prophecy that Brother Jeremy just read that they would be scattered to the countries of the world. But I thought about how the Lord came over the mountain. He he cried over the capital city. He cried over Jerusalem. And he said, you know, I, I I owe Jerusalem. He said, you who who stone the prophets that are sent to you. He said, I would have gathered you as a as a mother hen gathers her baby chicks right underneath my wing. He said, but you refused. You wouldn't you wouldn't allow me to do that. And now he said. Uh, your house is left to you desolate, and and so again, like I said, these words that we're that we're exploring, they're they're very weighty, very sad, and uh, and very much uh, what we believe um, is something we need to explore and talk about today. So, like I said, I believe the the Lord, we believe my brothers and I, has led us into these prophetic writings over these last several months, really. But particularly through this summer, you know, we've seen countless examples in Judah and and, and Israel's last days and many parallels in what happened to them and, and what we see happening to the church in America today. And, you know, as we were pondering these things this morning, uh, there's an ever-growing sense of what is coming, is, is coming very quickly now. As the summer gives way to the fall and, and and as the shadows grow, I I really fear the shadows uh, and the season that's at hand um, is going to give way to a very long winter. The long winter is coming. That's what I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me this morning. You know, uh, today and tomorrow, as as we record this podcast, there's an event that's taking place uh, in the capital city here in the United States, Washington, D.C. Uh, the leading evangelical ministers uh, in the nation are gathering. They're already there. Uh, it actually starts this afternoon, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And their stated intention is is that they're gathering to... seek the lord's favor at this time of the political season and the election and 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 the other things we've all been experiencing and and while i applaud their efforts and i think my brethren do too um and we don't really question their motive i do yet however wonder where have they all been these last 20 years i mean more importantly why do they think that one day or or, or a day and a half of, of gathering at the capital city uh why do they think that one day can repair 50 years of decline that has brought the nation to where it is today and what the lord told the prophet ezekiel uh, it, it was something that could no longer be altered it was judah's final days and and the reprieve that they were seeking, it was not going to come. And so with that in mind, we go into a few scriptures today and take a look at the final days here. And and it wouldn't be that much longer after Ezekiel sees these things, uh, when these things would come to pass. And, and we're going to see some things this morning. It uh, won't be long today, but we want to leave us as we head into this weekend with these sobering thoughts just as there were final days of Judah. We don't say this with a happy heart. We are witnessing, unless there is some massive, incredible national repentance, truly, all of us, every single one of us, turn, reflect, in humility, cry out to God, what is coming is coming. And I I fear, brothers and sisters, um, there is no reprieve. Brother Jeremy, would you read to us, please, uh, Ezekiel chapter 7, uh, verse 1 through 4?
0: Yes. 7. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Also, thou son of man, thus saith the Lord God, unto the land of Israel an end the end is come upon the four corners of the land now is the end come upon thee and I will send my anger upon thee and will judge thee according to thy ways and will recompense upon thee all thine abominations and mine eye shall not spare thee neither will I have pity but I will recompense thy ways upon thee, and thine abomination shall be in the midst of thee, and Mm -hmm. ye shall know that I am the Lord. Wow. Um, I'm having
2: a really hard time talking. Yes. Uh, I, I, I know
1: what, what I feel, and what I know is is almost beyond my ability to know and our ability to really comprehend. Uh, I'm not trying to be melodramatic. It's an ever-growing sense of, of inevitability, of foreboding, like we talked about yesterday. Ezekiel points out here as they're getting closer. He, he he addresses uh, the people in verse 2 uh, uh, as the Lord God. This is a complete act of the full, fullness of the Godhead. The Lord, uh, the Father, God, Elohim. It's, it's a unified expression. Um, the Lord said, my heart is broken over my people, right? We're talking about the church. We're talking about the church of their day and the parallels that we see happening in our day. He says uh, in verse 2, an end. The end has come on the four corners of the land. That word end means to be a predetermined end. In other words, it's settled. The fact that the prophet would have to say these things, uh, it, it shakes me. I can't imagine what he sensed, what he felt, uh, having to say what he was saying by the spirit of, of the Lord. Um, he's not talking about a series of further Uh, bad calamities that are coming he's saying now what is about to come upon the entirety of the land uh is is a predetermined thing it has been decreed it has been discussed it has been settled within the council of heaven by the lord god it's an end the end and it will encompass the entirety of the land and and then he 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 in verse 3 emphasizes that the time has begun you know it's it's as if uh it gives you the sense that it's already underway because he says now is that predetermined in it's come upon thee and we've been over the last several weeks discussing what 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 the parallels were and what the prophetic uh, uh historic uh, events uh were prophetically declaring and and how they strikingly uh, s- uh apply uh to to what we believe is, is this nation and and so he 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 uses the word now and then he says this he says i'm going to send my anger upon thee what that literally means in the hebrew uh send my anger upon you it has the idea of of god has been the restraining force he's been the one that's been holding back the full expression of it in the hopes that the people themselves would awaken and and would come to the realization that <laughs> that it's well underway but they continued not to see it and as a result there was no longer any any place of of um uh, of of hoping that they would turn and recognize and repent uh From what the real issue was and it was an issue that was building throughout generations so that it reaches the culmination in the generation as jeremiah described it the generation of his wrath so when he says i'll send my anger upon thee it's literally literally means or has the has the meaning or sense that that what god is actually doing is removing his protective covering and the anger and the forces of darkness uh, that 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 uh have been held at bay by the lord uh will no longer uh that will no longer be the case he, he it's almost like he's unchaining a beast <laughs> that's really what it kind of means there right and he says and will judge thee uh according to thy ways and will recompense thee uh, upon thee uh thine own abominations it's very interesting there because he talks about their ways, and and he uses that particular language because he wants to describe to us the collective condition of the culture of the house of God. It, for for the most part, I mean, what he's saying, and the word "ways" implies in the original Hebrew uh, that it had it had penetrated uh, the very innermost part of. Of, of their being so that it, it, it attached itself and became part of the personality of the people as a whole. So it wasn't merely that they were people like all people everywhere. We're all, you know, we all go through things. We all get tempted. You know, we we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's not what he's talking about here. He's saying that it had reached the point where it was no longer external temptations and then and then a falling away or a falling and, and a sin and a messed up and then a and then a like a real remorse over what they did and then they, they would be cleansed of their sins in their case through offerings and so forth and so on. He was saying that the culture had reached its point now uh where the sins that they had been partaking in, they were no longer exterior to themselves. He calls them your ways, so it's the very energy that's driving who they are, and it's meshed itself. It's become part of the fiber, uh, the uh, you know, it's become part of the sinew of the soul and the spirit. <laughs> oh goodness, Lord help me here! He says these are your ways and I'm going to recompense upon you all your abominations. Uh, My eye will not spare, I will not have pity, but I will recompense your ways upon you, and your abominations shall be in the midst of you, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Uh, What he's saying there when he says uh, in verse 4, I will recompense thy ways upon you, that's an incredibly interesting phrase because I was researching behind... uh, the the scholars the the rabbinic scholars and what they say that phrase means it's very profound See, on the day of atonement once a year the high priest would would go into the holy of holies and he would he would offer a uh, you know a, an offering of, of of a drop of of blood the the lamb's blood on the mercy seat in the holy of holies as an atonement uh, for the nation, for the priest himself, so forth and so on. This would be done once once a year, and then they had this ceremony where they would they would take uh, a goat. Are you guys familiar with that? They would take the scapegoat, is what they call it, and they would lay their hands upon the head of the scapegoat and take him out to the wilderness. And basically, I think he was called Azazel, and they would let him go into the wilderness. It was meant to be symbolic that yeah. the sins of the of the nation, right? It, yeah. they would lay their yeah they would lay their hands on that goat and they would put their the sins of everybody upon the goat and he would go away and it was very symbolic of that particular year it was of course a foreshadow of how how our sins would be taken away in Christ once and for all but they would have to repeat this every year but see what god is saying here to them is that is that your ways have have so affected you to the point like we started out reading here in verse 9 he said well you've broken my heart chapter 6 verse 9 because you've allowed them to not only just be sins like you messed up but you've allowed them to seep into you as when the priest puts his hand on the head of the of the goat and puts all the sins upon the goat and the goat becomes the bearer of the sins he's literally saying that that that's what's going to be placed upon you now. Wow. There, Yeah. That blew me away when I read that this morning. I was like, man, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, it is, man. And, 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 uh, it's why it's, it's why it's very, <laughs> it's why, a nation gets to this point, right, as a collective whole, and, and the burden of the responsibility with each of us to answer and be accountable to God. There are things that we've engaged in, uh, you know, uh, throughout our lives that, that unless the Lord takes them from us um, by His grace, mercy, and strength, uh, it, it becomes an incredibly dangerous thing. And 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 what it, what happened to them you know you know why you know why this happened brothers <laughs> really because they persisted in engaging in 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 uh in religion you know they celebrate and remember th- these were the people that had the word of god this isn't the pagan nations we're talking about we're talking about his people and we're talking about the united states of america we're talking about the church within it what most people now, because we've reached this point where we're at right now, as we sit here recording this podcast today, America is up under uh, an end, and it's affected the four corners of the land. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> and and it, and it, we didn't get here overnight. As we look at another few scriptures here, just in a second, we're going to see that that the same pattern it is 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 vibrantly expressed in our times right now amongst our own nation our own
0: our own people
1: and and so what he was literally saying was was that you know the fact that you have gone decades and really in their case centuries uh, of being both uh those who know me and who and they, remember it culminated when King David's son, King Solomon, built that glorious temple in Jerusalem. It culminated with that. It was considered the eighth wonder of the world. It was it was a it was a, a beautiful, uh, you know, splendiferous thing to see. It's it's white uh, marble and limestone that would gleam in the in the morning sun. Uh, as it rose in the east and it sat in the west uh, behind the Holy of Holies it was a beautiful thing to behold and within it a structure of of uh, of the culmination of of great prophets and Psalms and great kings had walked its halls you know it, it, it's architectural plans designed by the of the great King David uh, all of it you know uh the schools of uh, of the synagogues that were filled with, with with master scholars, you know, keeping the people, uh, you know, uh, informed and, and 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 taught in the things of God. All of it over over generations began to give way in their prosperity and blessing, uh, to to emerging of the cultures around them. They began to practice. Abominable things is uh, how God describes it. You know, if you remember in Ezekiel chapter 8, Ezekiel would be given the vision that, that it had reached to such a level that that the very leadership of the nation, the Sanhedrin, the elders, the great religious sages, had so themselves been, been permeated by uh, a spirit of, of the occult and wickedness. That they had created secret chambers underneath the temple mount that the Lord allowed the prophet to see. Where they had painted on the walls of this secret compartment and, and building they had built under the temple mount. They had painted on the walls the the, the demonic gods of the pagan nations around them. And they were, they were engaged in, in the most grossest of, of idolatrous and occultic practices in secret. And then they would come up from those those caverns of hell that they had created for themselves, and they would don the robes of, of of righteousness and walk around as if they were these holy men. In one part Ezekiel is shown uh the women uh weeping over the images of, of uh Tammuz, Adonis, you know, that they set up in the in the gate of the entry into the temple. They were given to lust and sensuality. And the entire house of God was filled with idols. And and, and, and you know what, man? That wasn't going to change. The, na- the nation wasn't going to change from that kind of a gross immorality and idolatry and, and sexual promiscuity and occultism that had infiltrated the house of God. That wasn't going to change in a 24-hour prayer rally. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, that's what he was saying to Ezekiel here. It's I'm
0: going for the Marty. Yeah, go. Ahead. Yes, please. I'm do. so sorry, but this no, is no, go ahead. Pur- I, no, I, I can feel your heart. You know, I, I can feel your heart, brother, and why you know what we're sensing, what we're sensing right now, the heaviness. But this had become a way of life for the people of Israel. We're not talking about the world. We're talking about God's people. This had yeah. become a way of life. This had become a uh, a way to to do things. Uh, it had become just part of them and habits like that. You don't, for, for lack of another word, this was a way of life. Doesn't it's mm-hmm. does not just you don't just next day you know you change. No, this was ingrained in them. Is what I'm trying to say, brother. And so what you're saying to think that, you know, in a 24-hour uh, prayer period, this is just going to disappear or it's going it, to – it's not. Because it's much more deeper. It's ingrained. Yeah. This was ingrained in the people of God, this way of life. I just, you know, wanted to point that out of the seriousness, you know, yeah, not I to mean. diminish prayer, but let's be real, right? But yeah. let's be real. If you think this prayer yeah, – Right.
1: Yeah. And it, bro- it broke my heart because I I, I, I I love the brothers that, you know, one of one of my great we've traveled with the bro. We had him join us in our crusades and that he's he's part of the keynote speakers that are going to be there. And uh, and and then the other brother who wrote that book, uh, The Harbinger, he, he's leading it. You know, these are these are these are decent men but they have surrounded themselves with some of the men on the, on that are going to be speaking are, are very questionable to say the least and where they've led the church to this point. So they, they, they've all come together. Um, and, and they have this, 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 <laughs> this, uh, what's that word? This uh, utopian idea that they're going to, they're, they're going to attach what they're doing to these festivals of Judaism. Yeah, you guys are familiar, right? I mean, that's yeah, why they're doing right. it, too, right? That's what, yes. Isn't that what they're doing? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Yom Kippur that's coming up, right? Uh, yeah, Yom, Yom Kippur, Kippur, the days
1: of Acha, and then Rosh Hashanah, yeah. right? the great celebration of, of the in-gathering. It's like, really? And you know what else they're yeah. gonna do? They're gonna be tonight they're gonna or tomorrow, one of the two, I forget, I, I was just looking at their schedule today. They're gonna be blowing a trumpet. And we're gonna see that in a second here. Because they tried mm-hmm. to do the same thing just before the destruction of Judah. They they actually moved to do the same thing, uh, in Judah. And I think we're seeing that pattern repeat itself in a striking way i keep using that word striking because that's really what i I can't like getting up hit upside the head and going my gosh i mean can we fit the pattern any any more closely than we see it being fit i mean and when i dig into these these words and see what god was actually saying to them you know first he starts off by saying my heart is broken you know it's absolutely broken and he describes his people as whorish in their heart and going a whoring after idols. What does that mean? It, what does a whore do? A whore sells right. herself, right, <laughs> to get what she wants, right? right? And 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 in essence, that's what we do when we sin. But the level of sin, right, is, is what God is addressing here.
0: It's a... It, that, Go ahead bro. That, that's a that, that's a heavy word, whore. It's not a one-time mm-hmm. uh thing that you did. You know what I mean? Like for someone uh, I just went no, he went You're a whore is a description of someone who does that for a living or does that. You know what I mean? It's not a one mm-hmm. it's, it's a way of life for that person. Yeah. It's a course of yeah. life for that person. That's why it's yeah. deep. Like like and I like the way you separate earlier on. You said it's not just, you know, hey, a sin that one committed. Or, no, no, no. This was a course. This was a way of life for the people of God, mm-hmm. and, and so when when he calls that word whore, he he's calling it really what it is, what they have become, you mm-hmm. know, as they were going after gods and of other nations and mixing it all up together, right in the temple, and and you know a little bit of here there, and we have the priests, yeah. but then we can use this and that, and and, and so that that's a heavy word. It's not mm-hmm. a a you know a little sin a little mistake a little you know no this was a way of life for them it had become that
1: Yeah and and it it it, it has the idea of of a of a fully blossoming fruit tree you know I mean uh, it it's fully come to what it is it's not something that um that you know that that's just you know you've got a problem and and you're trying to overcome and that's not what he's talking about he's talking about the collective culture of his own people as a whole from the top of the elite all the way down to the regular guy because uh, in jeremiah right doesn't it describe how the entire family had been overtaken where it talked about the the, the father sends the children out to gather wood right the mother makes the cakes, right? and they they have these they they celebrate these pagan idolatrous things. His people, so the corruption was was thorough. And again, what we're talking about is the prophet Ezekiel is is in captivity already, and what he's saying is and what he's seeing and what he's what he's declaring by the spirit of the Lord is to the capital city which represents the whole nation, and those that would gather there. And he says this very act uh, that we're going to look at here in a second, what you do and what you're attempting to do as a whole, from the political class to the ruling religious elite class and the way that you're leading the people, uh, these are the culmination. Of, of behaviors that now as he said right the end has come and it's going to affect all four quarters of the land and and the reason being he says is because your sins are not just sins anymore they have literally meshed themselves with your psyche with your soul even in the captivity let's look over there real quick when they came to talk to uh, Ezekiel uh the the elders remember Let me see. Where is that? Let's see. Yeah, it's in chapter 14. Could you turn over there, Brother Jeremy, just to give a a little explanation of what he means by their ways?
2: Yes. Can you read uh, chapter 14, verse
0: 1 through 4? Yeah. Then came certain of the elders of Israel unto me and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of all by them? Therefore, speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that set up his idols in his heart and put it the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and come into the prophet. I, the Lord, will answer him that coming according to the multitude of his idols. And,
1: and then verse five.
0: That I may take the house of Israel in their own heart because they are all estranged from me through their idols.
1: Right. So, here we have a situation where they know that the man of God, Prophet Ezekiel, he's one of the rare prophets left. And it's interesting because he was a younger man, and here we have the elders coming to him in verse 1. And God moves upon his heart and and reveals, he gives him a word of knowledge concerning them. He says, these elders that are sitting before you, they're idols in verse 3, in their heart, they have set up idols in their heart and and this is this is powerful what he says here and they put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face in other words remember what we were just reading uh, where he said uh, i'm gonna you know i'll place your ways upon your own head because of your ways you're being judged he was talking about the the penetration of the spirit that 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 drives uh men in in especially men of, of religion here or people that claim to know him and 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 it it it's probably worse than anything because because when the world sins it sins because it's the world but the level of 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 guilt if you will guilt before god is 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 a is another level altogether higher and different than the world sin. Because the world does what it does because it is what it is. It belongs to the devil. But the people of God who belong to God, who then continue to practice a way of sin for extended periods of time, God eventually has to let them go. Because what begins to happen, and this is a mysterious thing, But what begins to happen is the energy, for lack of a better word, but for descriptive purposes, the energy of the sin itself begins to impact the very uh, nature of the soul and the spirit of who you are as an individual person, as a society, as a church, as a community, as a congregation, as a nation. And what he was revealing here was that their idols had gone from simply being exterior stupid things they were messing with to an animated energy that took residence in their heart and attached itself to them. So that he describes it as the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. What he's describing there is the dual nature of the thought processes and the logic and the reasoning and the images that come into the mind and so the mind was no longer uh, a mind that was free to know the peace of God and to meditate in his law day and night they were they had a dual mind and they had a mind that that could not any longer deal the images that were being evoked upon them or actually being imposed upon them by the very idols they had given themselves to. And so the imagery, and and I think of our day and age, we don't need to go down this list. I'm trying to be very delicate here, but whatever it may be in an idolatrous nature, ultimately it overtook them. And so it, it prevented them from having a word from God, even though these were the elders of Israel. These were men <laughs> who knew the word; they could quote it to you. From, from, I mean, they could quote the entire word to you. But, the, but they battled with the idols of their heart, and the imagery overtook their thoughts. So that mm. what he tells him is 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 they're going to come and an inquire of you, of me, through you? He said, I'm not going to allow that to happen at all. They don't have a word precisely because their thoughts are
2: consumed
1: now. It's in the privacy. See, God revealed it to the young men, Prophet Ezekiel, because it's, it, it was concealed. They come as the elders, but the truth of what God was exposing at the heart of who they are is that they are they are they are worse than the world they are at another level because they have within them the understanding the knowledge and the access to the oracles of god but it is their their uh, repeated continued behavior over a long extended period of time from generation to generation that ultimately flowers or or brought forth the fruit of this thing that so woefully had attached itself to the inner workings of the imaginations of their own mind. They couldn't escape it anymore. It, w- it became part of them. Brother, that is a perfect description of what we see in this country. I was, I was reviewing it amongst the church itself. And all of us, I'm telling you, if you have ever dealt with something in your own personal life, whoever is listening, you know what we're talking about. If your heart is remorseful, and and you're seeking God, there's hope, because the Holy Spirit is yet dealing with you. So I don't want to just throw everybody under the bus because I'd be the first one underneath the biggest tire myself, right? So, no. What we're talking about here is something quite considerably different. It's the ability to 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 maintain this imagery, uh, this this predilection toward vice. Or whatever you want to call it, uh, without conviction, without God being able to any longer reach uh, you know the, that part of your heart, because he's no longer there. What really happens is is the culture has replaced the very seat, the holy of holies, in our own personal lives. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's been re- removed from there, And so it is an incredibly precarious place to be in, and it brings judgment. That's what God said, and back to Ezekiel 7, 3, the end has come upon you, and now I'm going to unleash the forces that have been trying to get at you. We see a picture of this in type when Jesus revealed to us in the Gospels, John did, right, when he talked about the, that, that the devil, and Brother Fernando, you've discussed this before in a great way, uh, where where the devil was was seeking to sift Peter, he was he was looking for vulnerable disciples, right? And and it really came down to Judas and Peter.
2: Mm-hmm. He was
1: seeking, right? Uh, but it, but Jesus said, "What? I have prayed for you, Peter." Mm-hmm. But in in the sense mm-hmm. of Judas, it's as if God said, "I." Jesus said, "I didn't pray for Judas," <laughs> and because of that, he was left vulnerable to the ultimate thing that this satanic force which you described yesterday I wrote this down yesterday what you said cuz it was really good was so, an you said uh, I mean, yesterday in your in your let me look here you said uh, well you described it this way you said right now uh humanity the united states uh, has has reached uh, a place of, of choice there are two spirits at war two expressions evil and light right dark and light uh, and the choice has has come to rest upon uh, upon each and every single individual in the land. That's, that's basically what you said.
2: <laughs> that's where we are. Yeah. Right? Any thoughts?
3: No, it's 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 uh, to to kind of uh, speak about what I said yesterday. That's that's where we're at. That's where the prophet Ezekiel was at. That's where the nation was headed. Um, you have two choices. You know, you don't have a myriad of choices right now. You're either embracing the narrative, the message, of the spirit of the age, or you are eating, digesting the word of God, and in it, you know, is the spirit of God. Um, that's it. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> how the situation is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, but, you know so we 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 have the spirit of the age now in the church and we have preachers communicating mm-hmm. preaching this antichrist narrative uh that's that's you know dressed with religion uh inside the church and mm-hmm. so but you know people can't really discern the difference you know but uh, and again we always say and we, we say it and we'll say it again. Uh what the devil is intending to do, he's not trying to deceive the world. The world's already deceived. He, right. He's trying to, to bring an apostasy to the church. Uh, that's yes. one of the uh imminent signs of the coming of the Lord. That has to take place first, a falling away.
2: Yes.
1: And and uh and that's where we are. I I, I believe we've come there and that's why we 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 read this uh chapter 7 verse 2 where he says an end is come the end has come upon four corners of the land now is the end come he says it three times in like half a sentence and and it's the predetermined end and 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 what the american church is, is speaking about our times and our culture like you said brother Ger- uh, fernando cannot see
2: is is the time for turning uh has passed,
0: mm-hmm. the and i of the visitation yes, and, and that's
1: yeah, and that's what we've been trying to say for seven months that we sent. I say what I say, ever aware of my own frailties, my own weaknesses, my own sins, man the word of let every man be a liar right but the word of god is true and we we cannot but say what the word says uh and 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 if and if that brings down the gavel of of inspection upon my own self then so be it it is what it is i'm talking to all of us now but but but, go ahead (laughs) brother
0: brother marty you you said something that i don't want to let it pass by just for me you know I, I you you were mentioning about how their idolatry their evil deeds evil ways began to you said i believe it was the word engraved them to the point where it it began to take over even the way they think Did you, did yes. you say something about that brother? Yeah. and um for some reason i was reminded of what peter um Peter uh, spoke about Lot, whom he called just. He would say about he, you know, Peter would say about Lot that Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Then he would call him righteous for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And the reason why it made me think about it about that is because when you know you were talking about you know like this prayer that's going to take place you know honorable men, but mixing up with the very least questionable characters, right? Yeah. And how yeah. Th- these things, if we're not careful, can begin to affect us. You know what I'm saying? Who we're and- running, what we're listening to, the word we're listening to. And just, we have the example of Lot, whom the Bible, who Peter said was righteous and just, but he began to be affected, uh, you know, he began to be uh, vexed by yes. uh, what he saw and heard in his righteous soul from day to day. It, where mm-hmm. it got to the point that the the angels literally had to pull him out. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, or yes. he would have been judged himself. And I don't know, I saw a correlation there of, of, of warning the people of God be careful because Mm -hmm. there is a, when you mix yourself up like that, you know, um, you know, be separate, but I I don't know. I just wanted to bring that out. Uh,
1: You know, you made me think of it. And just on a little side note there, you know, um, it, it, it does, you know, go with what we're saying because Peter identifies his soul as being vexed. Right. So it wasn't, he, it, it, it means that even living in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, it had not it had not changed his mind yet, you know? He hadn't become like these elders. But I think when you were saying that, it made me think of Father Abraham, because Lot was his nephew. And when the angels came and God revealed to Abraham that Sodom and Gomorrah was about to be destroyed, we see the practice of Abraham interceding on behalf not only of Sodom and Gomorrah, but if he got down to if there be ten righteous souls, will you destroy the city? Uh, you know he, he he was he was probably calculating in his mind. Well, there's got to be Lot, his his daughters, his wife, his sons-in-law. We know he had sons-in-law who didn't want to listen to what he had to say, and his daughters that that were married to them obviously perished in the city. But there seems to be a connection between the intercession of Abraham. And the keeping of the soul of Lot, even before the time Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, our prayers have an effect on our loved ones. It, 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 trust me. Uh, <laughs> I heard a testimony once of a of a young lady who who grew up in a Christian home, and and uh, and got involved in the world, and found herself in some in some dark places, but uh she testified to this this uh, sister of mine that that uh that she said that that she ended up in one place and it was about as demonic and satanic as you can be down in LA and and she knew she said at that moment she said the fear of god came on her and the voice in her mind warning her uh you need to get out of here now and uh and she did but had it not been for the prayers of that child's mother and others who loved her in the in the body of Christ, I don't think that even what was sown in her heart originally would have remained active. You know, it all of it works together. I was thinking of what you shared yesterday, Brother Fernando, when you said uh, the testimony of, of Sister Cindy's mother standing in line. He said she's not even a believer uh in the gospel of jesus christ as we have it revealed to us right she's not even a believer but uh but because of your prayers sister cindy's prayers and others who pray for her uh she ended up calling out to god right (laughs) standing in that line right and and i like what that what she said i think that that we've reached the point right now that god will even answer the the smallest of prayer that was a powerful statement So I don't want to just leave this giant heavy trip on everybody because we know that God always has a remnant, that God reserves a remnant. Uh, We are addressing the remnant as well as addressing the collective body of Christ. Remember what Ezekiel is seeing here. When I talk about uh, the American church can't see that the time of turning and the time of, of stopping the onslaught has passed, that doesn't mean that that uh what what that means is that what is coming must come it's begun it's not going to change it's going to happen it's going to happen quickly and we're on the edges of it now it's coming it's begun it's increasing it's coming and and the time for holding that back it ain't going to happen and and we'll see. If I if I'm a false uh you know, studier of the word and declarer of the word, then so be it. I'll repent and I'll admit everything I'm telling you right now and this day and, and my brothers will too. It, we were wrong. Sorry, we were wrong. But we're gonna see. And like the great uh prophet Jeremiah told Hananiah, he said, Listen, I hope what you're saying will happen. He said, but my word is based on the word of God and the prophets of old. I've come to the conclusions that we've come to, or that I've come to, Jeremiah told Hananiah, based on the words of the prophets. Not on my own imagination, not on some dream, not on some worked up, ecstatic, pseudo, hyper-spiritual declaration. I've come to where I've come by, by hours, hundreds. Thousands of hours of studying the prophets. That's what Jeremiah said. And this is what they said would happen when the conditions would be met by a nation uh, that claimed to be the people of God. God must react and deal with that nation. And and in their case, and why we say this is because in their case, uh, Ezekiel is already in captivity. It's already happened. It's just a matter of its ultimate conclusion because of its refusal to acknowledge at the depth and core of itself what in the world brought it to this point. See, yes, I believe in a God of grace. And yes, of course, I wouldn't be here today. I believe in repentance. My God, are you kidding me? I know the the sadness of, of failure. I know. What it's like to 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 have his peace taken from you because of your absolutely ungodly behavior, I know all those things, and I also know the path back to him is to confess my sins and and he'll cleanse me of of all unrighteousness, but sometimes <laughs> there are certain things in our own personal yeah. life that we that we've done. That even though God forgives us and restores us and pours out his peace upon us, it doesn't mean that we, we don't reap the consequences of what we've sowed. And and that's mm-hmm. inevitable. And that's what happened to them. And, and God was even yet pleading with them. He was telling them, you're so hard. You actually think you're Okay. And, and you and you don't even see what's really come to you, and 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 that's what Ezekiel's trying to tell him here, man. It, it now has become upon you, and you've reached the point where you you can't go back. You have to now adjust your thinking to understand what's actually transpiring, because it's begun. That's what he said to them, and that's what the American church can't see, in my most humble opinion is the time of turning is past and we need to be reconciling ourselves with my goodness, something far worse is coming and we better position ourselves individually as families, as as brothers and sisters in the Lord that we have influence with and on and on and on our communities, our families at large, man, we better get serious and understand what's begun here. Brother Jeremy, could you read to us Brother Asaph's prophecy in, in chapter 74 of the Psalms, verse 9? Could you read that to us real quick? This is
2: what he said. We,
0: we see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there is there among us any that knoweth long
1: that's what asaph said he says you know what we, we've reached a point, and really asaph ezekiel is actually living out what asaph had written about hundreds of years before you know but what he said was you know we, we don't we don't really recognize our signs there's no profit amongst us to, to bring clarity to us the, these are these are actually indications the judgment has begun. Oh, there's a lot of voices in America right now amongst the evangelical community. They're all telling us what to do. This is all we got to do this. Or or early on, if you remember this year, they're all blowing at the coronavirus and you know, calling for the fire to burn it off the shores of America. We're that great nation. It, it was pathetic. We have no profit. We don't see what's actually happening. And the truth of the matter is, Asaph said, no one knows how long this is going to last. That's what he said. So let's go back to Ezekiel. We'll, we'll, we'll close here quickly. I don't want to just crush uh, you. I
3: guess. I guess. I guess the question is: Are, are we past the point of national repentance? Um, I think we are. Um, you know, but 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 what Christians look at is the national prosperity. Mm-hmm. As, as a sign that God is still with us, um, that's not the case anymore. You know, America's wow. economy is so intertwined with China's economy. Yes. And what what China is doing over there is insane. I mean, I think they're producing the most millionaires right now, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it 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 shows you that that the the shift of economical power is taking place our prosperity is dwindling you know what i mean it's it's yes. it's on its way down yes. you know and so for us to say well we're still a a a, a prosperous nation we're still a a military power and might um not for long not for long the rest of the nations are catching up and and again why were we the most prosperous nation on the face of the world why were why were we the most uh powerful military might on the face of the world and so forth and so on because we 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 held on we held on to these judeo christian values you know we like you said we weren't perfect but the the forefathers of of this great country they they cut covenant with god they called this great nation the new israel yes yeah. right so so the the things that we are promoting the laws that we are passing, then um, what we're seeing that it's producing in this upcoming generation is of the likes like we've never seen before in the nation.
2: No
1: the sounds,
3: never. right? The sounds. Turn on your television and see the, the mm-hmm. sounds that are taking place in the streets. Ungoliness. Brother, this nation has become a, a house of of, of foul birds and, and, and spiritual powers of darkness. Yes, this sir. This nation.
2: Yes, it and has. That's what
3: we're talking about here. All right. Are we past the point of national repentance? Yes. It's not because God doesn't want to forgive us. It's because we are unwilling to repent. So now, God takes repentance to an individual aspect, to to the individual now finds himself in this particular nation. We keep talking about this nation particular, but this is something that's that's taking place all over the world. But to the Christian that's in America, I think the call now is individual, not a corporate thing per se. He's separating a true church from a false church. Because the false church will not repent.
2: And they are the
3: ones that are spearheading the spiritual... Uh, uh, heart of this nation.
1: That's that's exactly right, brother. That's that's an excellent analysis, and and that's that's really where we're at, right? I mean, you want to talk about a national repentance for those of you who might get mad at some of the things we're saying. I mean, go go look at at at, at the prophet Jonah, the writings of the prophet Jonah, you know, in the book of Jonah, <laughs> to get a picture of national repentance, and that was a heathen nation, Nineveh and 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 he and 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 the king repented, the bible only records that Jonah said eight words, eight words <laughs> eight words and uh and they repented from the king to the cows man right they they like shaved their head and put on sackcloth, and they sat in ashes, they fasted, they wept, they asked God to prevent the destruction. now, if we do that, starting this afternoon in washington d c If it sweeps across the land and and we sit in sackcloth and ashes, so to speak, and truly repent and beg God not to destroy our land or or allow the land to be destroyed because it's it's already happening. But I I just don't see that happening because of what God said. He said you allowed it to go on too long. And what ended up happening, he says, is it, it, it literally like a claw intertwined itself with the very heart of who you are and you can't turn anymore and so the option you have now is to understand it's begun and it's inevitable and so you better adjust yourself to the reality of it because the end has come that's what Ezekiel said brother Jeremy could you read through us Ezekiel 7 verse Verse five through seven, because the Lord goes on to describe to the prophet, it's going to be like the dawning of the day. Check this out, what he says in verse five through
0: seven. Thus saith the Lord God, an evil, as only evil, behold is come, an end is come, the end is come, it watcheth for thee, behold, it is come. The morning is come unto thee, O thou that dwellest in the land. The time has come. The day of trouble is near and not the sounding again of the mountains.
2: It's incredible
1: what he says to him. First, he says in verse five, the Lord God says, it's an evil, an only evil. Open your eyes. Behold, it's come. And, um, And he's using that descriptive language to indicate that the evil is not broken up into parts anymore. It's a holistic thing. Everything we're seeing right now, don't view it as single parts. Understand it is a full component of what is beginning. That's what he's saying. It's, an, it's a total thing. It's total. It's comprehensive. It's, it's on the four corners of the land. And to take it even larger, the rabbis say that the four corners of the land really represented not only Israel of their day, but was a prophecy for the entire world. And that, that kind of got a hold of me. I said, well, yeah, I mean, we're seeing this is the whole world that's up under this. But again, like Brother Jeremy astutely pointed out yesterday that, that the rise of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire, a foreshadow, as we continue to emphasize, of the Antichrist and the coming global system of our time. Uh, back in their day, there was only one nation that stood in the way from complete control of the world. And that nation just happened to be the, the Jews and the temple the great gleaming capital city of David, Jerusalem. Uh, It was the final piece of the puzzle. It had to go, but it could never go as long as God dwelt there. My God. (laughs) It could never be touched as long as God had his hand upon it. But it wasn't God who removed his hand. It was the people who did that. And like any person would you want to stay in a house where you're not welcome or you're so disrespected and and, and cast right. to the side and used and abused, right? The only time anyone would come to talk to you is because they know you got the wallet, right, full of money. Here, I need some help. I mean, that's <laughs> a bad example, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, put it down with some flesh and blood on it. I mean, that. would you want to hang out
2: with those kind of people?
1: Let's see, he said, you going to say something? So he says in verse five, he says, uh, "This is an evil. It's a singular thing. It's whole in its nature. It's complete. It's 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 a complete thing." And then he says, "This, uh, the end has come. The end is come." And then he says, "It watches for you." What that means, brothers, is what he's saying is this nature of this evil, and he's trying to jar them so that they'll understand it had already begun. He says the evil that that has come—it's whole, it's total, it's complete—and and the word it watches for the literally means it, it it came in an abrupt way. It was like they woke up one day and suddenly it was there. It's it's like waking up as in, uh, you know, sh- it, it, the fact that they begin to it begins to dawn on them, and, and it begin they begin to, it, it it's watching for you. It, it is awoken. And it has come to you and it's meant to to trigger them to understand the signs that they're watching uh that this 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 judgment has arrived and then when he goes on in verse and i could talk about that for a long time but then he goes into verse seven where he says the morning has come to you O thou that dwellest in the land the time has come the day of trouble is near and not the sounding again of the mountains. So, uh, what he says there is the morning has come, and what <clears throat> what he's trying to tell the people is is the morning. Using the word the phrase the morning has come is to be symbolic to them. It 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 indicates that when this happens, you're gonna. It's like you're gonna wake up in the morning, like when you've been asleep all night. So it says, uh, it watches for the. It it means that it it comes abruptly, and then and and. Mm-hmm. And it's like waking up from being asleep all night. And he says, and 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 it's going to be like someone who's been asleep at night, and suddenly you wake up and realize uh, it's here. That's what he's saying will happen to his people, is that they have been so asleep that ultimately, and this is what we see happening now, and we're going to finish off here in a second, but... The, the signs that he goes on to give are, are, are and when we get through them, which won't take very long, but we're going to look at them, you're going to, at the end of them, you're going to have to come to a conclusion. My God. <laughs> so he says, it's going to be like the morning. You're going to wake up and realize this is, this is happening. This is really happening. And he says, and it's not going to be like the sounding again of the mountains. What that literally means is It won't be like some distant echo, you know, the echo of the voice in the mountains. Like if you yelled or or, or yelled in the mountains, you hear an echo. It's not going to be an echo or a response or a reverberation. Uh, It's going to be a flat out sound like you were talking about, Brother uh, Fernando, the sound. It's arrived. That's what he's saying. This isn't an echo you're hearing. This is actually all up in your street. That's what he's saying. Mm. And it's going to it's gonna be like the morning. You're going to wake up and go, my God, you're going to wake up. It's what he's saying. Uh, some will be along that waking up process. Some wake up quicker than others, he says. But when you realize it, it'll be like when you wake up in the morning. Suddenly it's here. And so let's just bring this home. You know, this gathering in Washington, D.C., we spoke about, it's It's eerily similar uh to what we see in 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 ezekiel seven fourteen at least uh what the result will be uh, read verse fourteen would you brother Jeremy to us?
0: It says, They have blown the trumpet even to make already, but none goeth to the battle for my wrath is upon all the multitude thereof. So you know they've blown the
1: trumpet. And I was reading in their their festivities of their thing they're doing. That's like the chief thing they're gonna do.
2: Mm-hmm. They're
1: gonna blow the shofar there. They're gonna blow a trumpet right. in
2: Washington D.C.
1: Wow. Right? <laughs> and 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 they did the same thing in Jerusalem in the last days of its of its uh of its existence as they knew it. Wow. They got right to to make already. But it says, But none goeth to the battle. That that really reveals that there's really no true spiritual strength if we want to take the symbol of it, no true holiness. You can't fight this fight. There's no one going to show up strong enough to fight it. Because you've lost the the, the 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 heart of the spiritual quality and the holiness of the Spirit of God that moves through you. As a result of the idols that you've set up in your heart and the and how it's emerged or enmeshed or engraved itself into the very soul of your thoughts, of, of the intents of your heart, you're, you're riddled with it. And so when they blow the trumpet, no one's going to show up for the battle because <laughs> there's no strength because his wrath is, is upon the multitude thereof. That's why. You're not going to fight this. So the prophet Ezekiel now turns to describe the the temple or the capital city in Ezekiel 7.20. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy?
2: 7.20.
0: As for the beauty of his ornament, he set it in majesty. But they made the images of of their abominations and of their detestable things therein. Therefore have I set it far from them.
2: He's literally talking
1: about the Temple Mount. He's talking about the capital city and the merging of of of, <laughs> of, uh, of church and state. And you come to that part, right? I mean, we're talking about God's people now. Uh, the beauty of His ornament, of course, was the the temple. The beauty of the ornament of God in America was her church, and, and its capital city, Washington D.C. I see the fact that they're gathering there right now as we're talking. Uh, it, it, it's it's so symbolic to me. He says, you know, they made images of their abomination and they set their detestable things therein. That's what they've done with the country I gave them. That's what he's saying. The Washington, D.C. once was the shining ornament full of the majesty and the beauty and the blessing of the Lord. Our nation was the symbol of his blessing. But right. the nation like Judah, right? Like, But the nation to me, like Judah of old, they've made Images of their abomination and detestable things everywhere we tear down our crosses we remove prayer from our schools right, but we'll set up our pornography and 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 send uh you know uh drag queens into to teach our children and uh, let's just go down the abominable list here. we're talking about God's people now where's the battle where's the warriors? The trumpet's been being blown for decades where's where's the fighters? I hate when the church points the finger at the world and goes, do you see what they do? Look what they're doing. Look what they're... I'm like, what have we done? Right. <laughs> How did we let it get to this? You know, they did it. No, we did it. We didn't stand right. up.
3: Right. And, and let me ask you this, okay, because you, you bring up a question there. It makes you wonder what Bible they're reading, right? Yes. Um, because the the lord is looking at his people at all times as being the blessing of a nation right his people yes um because mm-hmm. he says i prove i prove you not say i prove the world right i prove you mm-hmm. so where 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 where's the break breakdown in this in in you know these these kind of Christians that you're talking about that blame the world for the whole mess we're in and never take accountability. Who yeah. told them that? Where where's this information coming from? Why why is, why are they not seen? Are are they not seen in scripture? The very thing we're talking about is we're not making this stuff up. All <laughs> no. we're doing is, is is following the patterns of scripture and the heart yeah. of God. This is how God deals with his people. Now, if you yeah. have a problem with that. Take it up with God. You go, yeah, yeah, you need to go. Yeah, take it up with the Lord or go become Muslim or something, you know. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> right. yeah, I'm not get saying saved. You
3: do that, but you get the point, right? Yeah, get <laughs> saved. Or get saved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it, it's because you, you can feel it, right? When, when you bring this kind of word to those uh, very relaxed Christians, it's like, no. No, I refuse to see the word in that way. It's right. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Where's the breakdown here? Who are you listening to? Are you really reading the scripture and letting the Holy Spirit teach you? You know, it, it, it just, it just, I marvel at that. I marvel.
1: Yeah. hmm You know? Yeah, my me and Sister Debbie, we always have those conversations. She, she's. She gets feisty, man, I mean she but she's right, you know. She tells me, you know, I she how, how frustrated she gets with the very thing you're talking about, you know, we blame this one, we'll blame you know, Black Lives Matter and FIFA. we'll blame the Hollywood, we'll blame all this stuff. And it's like, All right, but what do you think they're gonna be? That's who they are. But who are you? And and <laughs> You used to, you used to. <laughs> this nation used to be guided by the great pulpits in its churches, and and the integrity and character of its leaders. You know, not all of them, of course, but I mean, but the ones who who stood up, you know, that and 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 led the nation in, in a godly way, and and decried uh, the the danger whenever we drifted, uh, you know, to the left, to the uh, you know to to the right hand or the left or whatever it is, however you want to say it. I mean. There were always uh, at least counter voices to it that, that held it at bay. But when the church began to be like the world and set up the idols in its own heart, it began the process of becoming what we were talking about much earlier in the podcast, which is we allowed this to happen.
3: Yeah, and you started what... off saying you started off saying, brother, you didn't start off saying that God's heart was angry at Antifa and the Democrats. Right. That's not how we started the program.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It said that the Lord's heart was broken. Yes. Yeah. At His people and what they were doing. Yes. Yeah. That's right. You, you know what I mean? That that's again, we're getting insight into the heart of the Lord and what He what He felt then is what He's feeling right now.
1: Amen. And how much and, more, Seth? Self- a nation that has the
2: full gospel. Right. Think of that. How deeper is the sin?
1: Is it a sin that will allow the fire to burn it from one end to the other? And and, and will we ever be able to stand before God when we look at things like this and say, you know what, Lord, you didn't tell me, or, or Lord, you know, uh how could you be just in doing what you did to your own people? Well I didn't do it, he said. I simply turned my face, I simply got out of the way. And really that's what we're told in, in, in uh in Second Thessalonians chapter two, right? That the falling away must happen in order for the wicked one to come. And and he that restrains or that lets will restrain until what? Till he's taken out of the way. Well who takes him out of the way? Why does one remove the Holy Spirit? Because they don't want to deal with His conviction. They get tired of having to deal with it, and eventually, he they remove him, and 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 he gives them up. That's what we're told in Romans chapter one, right? Because they refused to acknowledge God. Neither were they thankful. They exchanged the Creator for the and worship the creature more than the Creator, and so God gave them up. He says here, they, I, I set them as an ornament. I, I I I set my majesty upon that nation as he did ours. He says, but what they did with that is they, they went away. They made images of their abominations, their detestable things. And so I've set it far from them. That is his majesty and his beauty has been set away from the nation yet. The light is gone from the collective body of Christ. That that mega church movement, that that Bessel song mentality, the the tattooed preachers with with unbuttoned shirts and the and the short skirt wearing evangelist women now that we see everywhere. Come on, somebody, you don't want to hear the truth. You don't want to hear the
2: truth because that's what it is. It's it's it, it's disgusting.
1: And so he says in verse 21, can you read verse 21, Brother Jeremy? Because now start, start, start looking
0: and tell me we don't see these things. And I will give it into the hands of the strangers for a prey, and to the wicked of the earth for a spoil, and they shall pollute it. Both church and
1: state are going to be polluted. That's what he said. I'm going to give it into the hands of strangers for a prey. In other words, what he's saying was they're going to come from everywhere, And the blessings that once were
2: yours, that I gave you, he says, strangers are going to consume it in front of you.
1: Foreign powers are going to come and enrich themselves off the blessings that should have been
2: yours. And the wicked for a spoil. And they're going to pollute your land yoga
1: in the church are you kidding me just go to any orange county mega church in california <laughs> they have more yoga classes than they do bible classes man if they even have a bible class why are you making i had one lady write us all mad because i talked about yoga uh, i can't believe that right <laughs> <laughs> we 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 support we support missionaries in india and we've had the 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 head missionary guy tell us that the the people in india are saying what is why are the christians in america doing yoga don't they know that's demonic that every pose that they that they do in the name of exercise Mm -hmm. is actually imitating a demon god and when they contort their bodies into those positions that they're actually calling upon the spirit that they're imitating whether they know it or not why are american churches doing yoga we're being saved out of that. That's what they were, that's what this missionary man was telling me. Right. They were saying, right? "The wicked of the earth will spoil them and pollute them." And so God says, "Brother Jeremy, in
0: verse twenty-two, my face will I turn also from them, and they shall pollute my secret place, for the robbers shall enter into it and defile it."
1: My face, I will turn from them. That's the final thing. See, the final act of of God is that he removes his protective covering. As long as he looks on us, the judgment is held back. But he told Ezekiel, now I must turn my face away. Why? Did we not see God turn his face away on Calvary? Did we not have to look at, at, at the son of the living God who was born in the likeness of sinful flesh uh, for sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh? And at that moment, he would cry from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, man? Why have you forsaken me? God couldn't even look on his only son. And that's that picture we have here. He has to turn his face away. He's trying to use descriptive language to say just how thoroughly and
2: completely, you know, defiled it had become, man. And I, and, and
1: when, when I turn my face, what does it say? They shall pollute the secret place, the holiest of places,
2: and robbers shall enter into it. Prosperity gospel, anybody? Hmm. And they defile it. The final act
1: before it all came down was the desecration of the sacred.
2: Mm -hmm. So now he goes right into the signs.
0: What does he say in verse 23, Brother Jeremy? Make a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes. And the city is full of violence. Bloody crimes. America's
1: killed all, almost 70 million babies in the womb since 1973. And I've had just about enough of this Ruth Bader Ginsburg fiasco. They put her up yeah. in, uh, at the Supreme Court laying her out like she's some Saint Joan of Arc, man. And then today I get all these, you know, news alerts, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh you know lying in state in the capital, and they and they said this morning on the news, only woman in the history of the nation ever to be given that honor that honor seriously this woman who has been more responsible on her on her boats for for desecrating uh you know the the, the sanctity of life in in, in a mother's womb trying to hang on and live forever so that she wouldn't be replaced by someone that would be anti-abortion, anti-killing babies. This is who we honor. This is who we put in the most pristine places of of, of, uh, of honor and respect for a life well lived. I don't mean to offend anybody, but please, I've had enough of this. The land is full of bloody crimes and she had a big part in it. Yeah, as the
2: yeah. <laughs> right,
1: and 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 is... Uh, thank you, brother. I needed the name, man. Don't leave me <laughs> hanging,
0: <laughs> brother. Two, uh, two days ago, I, I go to get a simply a, a, a this this drink with my wife, and I uh, enter the store, and there's a section already dedicated with. <laughs> with stickers with pictures with uh, of all dedicated to this judge as if she's a a hero
2: seriously like wow. give me a
0: break she she just passed away and it's already filled with all of this
2: mhm
0: and what and what are we
1: celebrating what are we celebrating we're celebrating mm-hmm. a woman who is responsible for more death in the womb she was her one of her last votes was to overturn the Louisiana state law of protecting uh, the unborn. Mm-hmm. It, right, and and another one was to was to create transgender rights in the workplace, which really is coming after churches,
2: making it a civil right. Incredible, and this is what we celebrate. The land
1: is full of bloody crimes. The city is full of violence. That goes without saying, right? I mean, that's obvious what's happening right now, right? All that stuff we watch on our TVs nowadays. Verse 24, Brother Jeremy, what the
0: wherefore I will, br- Wherefore, I will bring the worst of the heathen, and they shall possess their houses. I will also make the pomp of the strong to cease, and their holy places shall be defiled. Incredible. They're burning
1: churches all over America. Want to talk about the heathen possessing your houses? Don't you know that the outside investments of Saudi Arabia, of of China, they own all the mortgage-backed securities funneled through all these different kinds of corporations that own the paper, that own the houses of the people in the United States who have mortgages? The heathen own their houses. Uh, The pride, he said,
0: will be brought down. So what does he say in verse 25, Brother Jeremy? Destruction cometh, and they shall seek peace, and there shall be none.
1: They're going to look for peace. But what does he say? There will be no peace, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, And I thought, that is really interesting because... I I find it rather strange that Antifa and BLM, what is the, what has been the chant for the entire summer in the streets at night in our cities?
2: Do you know it? Mm. No justice. No peace. No peace. Are they yelling judgment on us?
1: Destruction cometh. They'll seek peace. There'll be no peace.
2: They're yelling, no peace. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Here, verse
0: 26. Mischief shall come upon mischief, and rumor shall be upon rumor. Then shall they seek a vision of the prophet, but the law shall perish from the priest and the counsel from the ancients.
1: Incredible. Now they come to God, right? Now they want to go have a big prayer meeting. Now they want a
2: vision. Yeah. Now they want the pastors to start preaching some words. But there is nothing. There is nothing. Incredible, man.
1: Read to us verse fifteen through uh through eighteen of chapter seven, would you, brother Jeremy?
2: I mean, through uh, through
0: 17. Yes. The sword is without, and the pestilence and the famine within. He that is in the field shall die with the sword, and he that is in the city, famine and pestilence shall devour him. But they that escape of them shall escape and shall be on the mountains like doves of the valleys. All of them mourning, every one for his iniquity all hands shall be feeble and all knees shall be weak as water and they shall
1: also guard themselves with sackcloth or shall cover them and shame shall be upon all their faces and baldness upon all their heads and they will cast their silver into the streets their gold shall be removed Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. So what we see here in verse 16 is there is a remnant. They escaped to the mountains, as it were. But he says, they'll be like doves of the valley, all of them mourning. You know that sound that the doves make, right? That cooing sound. There's going to be a remnant, but they will be the ones that are left, that have been protected by God. But it's no joyful occasion. This is a mourning and a lamenting for what was
2: once. Oh, gosh. I mean, is it possible, brothers? Or have we just lost our mind? I mean, is it possible? Yes, it is. You see, what we're going to see
1: and what we've already begun to see. It is the inevitable of a society that flaunted itself, not not for a week or two, but for decades now. We have been shaking our fist in the face of the God who blessed us so mightily, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And, And we couldn't possibly even imagine it would happen and though he sent us prophets early and though we have the writings of the very prophets of israel oh, man, and the history uh and history as our guide and instructor though all those things have happened and, and and are before us we stand more guilty than any before us but we had the greatest light of any nation the world has ever known the greatest blessing oh beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves of grace for purple mountains of majesty above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed His grace on thee,
2: and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea, the shining sea. That's who we were. The
1: great French philosopher Taquaville, and his desire to seek the secret of the greatness of this of this of this shining nation. He came to America, as we've talked about before, and, and and he writes about, you know, although her institutions were great, her places of higher learning, her judicial systems, her executive branch, you know, her, her industry, all those things he went and investigated. He said, I still never found the secret of her greatness in any of those things as good as they were. He said, but then I went to her
2: churches. And uh, he described the great preachers behind her pulpits
1: that called the nation to serve God and to love him. And he said that was where the secret of her success
2: really was in her churches. We all need to ask him to help us. All of us need to ask him. The prophet Joel would say, call for the elders, right? And the priests. and call for a
1: solemn assembly, truly. Not some corporate-minded,
2: you know,
0: (laughs) festival of prayer.
2: But we all need it, man.
1: I got grandkids, man. I got children. I got my wife, my family, my mother, my brothers. that we go to war every day on these podcasts, you precious people that are listening out there.
2: It may be he might leave a blessing, Joel said. I pray
1: that you understand the heart by which we speak to you today. This this is growing. It's coming. and And we don't mean to scare anybody. Remember the Lord Jesus said that he had a remnant. Brother Jeremy, would you close with that in in Revelation chapter 3? Could you read to us verse 10 through 13 and his promise that he has for his people?
0: Because that's our hope. Yeah. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth behold I come quickly hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is in which is New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches.
2: Amen. Brother Jeremy, Brother Fernando.
0: no words you know to be able to finish this off this this study as we feel the weight and I'm sure some of you can feel it too of what has been said today by the servant of God let us take heed I'll finish with what I read here at the end what brother Marty had me read in verse 13 that he that hath an near let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. May you ponder on these things. May you reflect. May you come to your knees and plead to the God of mercy to carry us through
3: yes. in this hour
0: that has come before us. May God bless you. May God bless His people. May God keep you.
2: And as always, keep looking up.